0: Hello and welcome from Good Shepherd Church of Camarillo. We're so glad you're with us. Here's today's message. As we now are back here in our sanctuary, I just think, reflect a little bit over the last several months and uh, just again how so many things have changed and, um, you know, just as a church, you know we've we've been through all the different phases of going through COVID and and uh, you know just making adjustments, making changes, and just so many other difficulties in our world. Just schedules being so thrown off, and and many that have been affected health wise, and and I mean there's just so many different uh, troubles as as we look all around us. And I think now, you know, as we are here today, and as we've continued gathering, whether that was online or outdoors or uh, however we were meeting, what, what is it, it maybe really think, what is it that has kept the church together? What is it that makes us want to continue meeting together? What is it that, uh, that keeps us going? What keeps us going Through all of the hardships, through all of the trials, what is it that keeps us going in the year 2020? And I think it boils down to one major thing, and that one major thing for us as believers, it's it's our faith. It's our faith in Jesus Christ. It's our Christian faith that we believe that our Savior has come to this earth and died on the cross for our sins. But second... The biggest thing related to that is that he rose again from the dead. And I think that that truth, that reality that Jesus has risen from the dead, is ultimately what gives us hope, is ultimately what gathers us back together. That's what keeps us gathering together. Because if Jesus has not risen from the dead, there would be no point. Together, There would be no point for us to be here today. And today uh, we're going to be focusing on the power of the resurrection, on resting in the resurrection, resting because in the trials and hardships around us, we can take comfort and, and rest in the promises because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Resting in the promises of God because Jesus has risen from the dead. And we're going to be looking at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to start reading at verse 12. So if you have a Bible, uh, please turn there to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 12. And what I really want us to focus on is just the significance of the resurrection. And how the resurrection makes all the difference for our faith... And for our purpose for our life here on earth. So 1st Corinthians 15 starting at verse 12. It says, now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Let's pray. God, these are powerful words, your word. Has power your word is truth and I pray today that as we examine these words as we ponder them Lord that they would become so real to us God speak to us and strengthen us in our faith strengthen our hope today we pray in Jesus name amen well as we look at this passage I want to divide it actually into two parts today and I I want us to consider two questions two questions As we look at this passage and the first question is kind of a question to imagine I want you to imagine and and that question is this What if Jesus had not risen from the dead? So tuck that away. We'll come back to that in a second But then we're going to transition. We're going to look at this at a second part a second question And that question is what does it mean for us? that Jesus did rise from the dead What impact does it have? What significance does it have upon our lives here on this earth and upon our faith? And so, back to that first question. Have you ever thought about that? Imagine for a second, what if Jesus had not risen from the dead? Imagine you're reading through the Gospels. You're reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And each of the Gospels just ends with Jesus dying on the cross. Imagine that. Imagine there was no account of the resurrection. There was no Easter Sunday. Have you ever thought about that? What if it all ended with Jesus dying on the cross? Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. The event of Jesus dying on the cross is incredible, isn't it? When you stop and think about it, that the God of the universe would leave heaven, leave his throne, would become a man and walk on this dusty earth, walk amidst the brokenness of this world, and all while doing that, live a perfect life, fulfilling the law perfectly, leading a sinless life, and then the end of his life here on earth, voluntarily going to the cross voluntarily bearing the weight of the sins of the world that were placed upon his shoulders and to die an excruciating death. That's, that's incredible. It's incredible. It's foundational to our faith that Jesus did die on the cross. But what if the story ended there? If the story ended there that it it wouldn't be complete it wouldn't complete God's plan death would be the end now the death and resurrection of Jesus are separate events but yet they're all part of the same story they're all part of God's plan of what Jesus came to this earth to do and I've been thinking about that as I uh, even was, was preparing for this this week. I was reminded of the disciples uh, following Jesus and, and Jesus all along in his earthy, earthly ministry knew, knew how things were going to end. He knew what he was called here to do. And there were three different occasions as the disciples were following Jesus and going from place to place that Jesus stopped and told them He told them what was to come. He told them that he was going to be heading to Jerusalem and the things that were going to be happening to him. And I want to look at this example. This is the third time, the third time that Jesus tells his disciples what's going to happen. Listen to this. It says, And Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. He took the twelve disciples aside, and on the way he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes. And they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. What if he stopped there? I mean, they were already probably confused enough. But he didn't stop there. He continued, he said, and he will be raised on the third day he knew that was all part of the plan whether they heard it whether they understood it whether it registered or not this was all part of fulfilling god's plan so back to that question what if the resurrection hadn't happened well paul in these verses in 1st corinthians 15 gives several answers to that question now we have to understand about some of the believers in, uh, in the city of Corinth. They did not believe that believers in Jesus, they did not believe that their bodies would be one day resurrected. We don't know all the reasons why they believed that, but it's supposed that they were influenced by Greek philosophy, which really emphasized um, the spiritual side of things in the afterlife, but not the physical bodies being resurrected. But the bottom line is that many of the Christians in Corinth believed that we lived forever, but they did not believe that our bodies would be resurrected. And Paul points out here that there is a major problem with that belief. Look at what he says. Verse 13, he says, If there is no resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And then we start to see some of the answers to that question Have you, as you've been pondering it. What if Jesus had not been raised? Verse 14, he says, And if Christ has not been raised then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. Do you hear what he's saying? If Jesus hasn't risen from the dead, then all the preaching that he's done, all the preaching that all the apostles had done, and for us, looking back over the centuries of the church, all the preaching over all of those centuries is pointless. Ultimately, the message of Christianity makes no sense without the resurrection. If Jesus had not been raised, he goes even further and he says, your faith is pointless. Wow. Then it gets even worse. Listen, keep listening. Verse 15, he says, we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ. So he's saying, so we've been telling the wrong story all along. If Christ has not been raised, then God isn't who we believe him to be, and God is not who we've been proclaiming him to be. And we've lied about God. We've misrepresented God. But it gets even worse. Keep listening. Verse 17 it says, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Wow. <laughs> worse and worse, isn't it? But wait, you might think, but how can we still be in our sins if Jesus, if he, if he still died on the cross? you ever pondered that? What did Jesus do when he came to die on the cross? On the cross, He took the punishment for our sins. He took the pain, took on the payment for our sins, because sin had separated us from God, and, and somebody had to, to make that payment, to make that sacrifice. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. And it's very key. It's very important, and it's foundational. but what happened with the resurrection? When Jesus rose from the dead, what did he do with sin? He defeated sin and defeated death once and for all when he showed his power and his majesty and his power and authority over sin and over death. But if Christ has not been raised, then we're still dead in our sins. Verse 18, this is a grim picture. He says, Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ, and he's talking about those who have passed from this life. If Christ has not been raised, then those who have fallen asleep in this life have perished. They have died in their sins. But here's the saddest part. Listen to this. Verse 19. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. That's the ultimate. Wow. If Christ has not been raised, then what's the point? Then we've been lied to all along, then this Christian faith thing is, is just all a big hoax. I had a chance Just yesterday to to visit with someone uh, met a new friend a farmer just outside of town here and uh, as we visited uh, we talked about his work on the farm and and uh, God kind of opened up the door to some spiritual conversations to talking about more meaningful things and I was able to ask him what uh, you know if he had any spiritual beliefs and as he thought about it, he, he said, you know, the biggest thing that I want to do in life, the thing that's most important to me in this life, is to make this earth a better place. Which is, is a great thing, right? When you stop to think about that, I mean, don't we all want to contribute something uh, to this earth? And has God not made us all stewards of, of this place where we live and to take care of what he's given us? He has. And he continued to share and he said, I just have this longing. I just have this longing to see this earth be perfect. I said, wow. That's that's a really great longing. And I said, you know what? That's how God intended it. That's how God created this earth. He created it perfect. Adam and Eve at the very beginning, they were were perfect. They were in this perfect world. And and guess what? Even work, even the work that God called, called them to do was not work to them. Imagine doing work in a perfect way, in a perfect world where nothing gets broken. Imagine farming where there's just no weeds and everything just grows perfectly and And the weather is ideal. And I said, that's how God really actually intends it. He said, well, I feel like my calling is to help make the earth like that. And it became very clear that that was really his only hope, was here on this earth. I said, well, I have... Good news, and I have bad news for you. (laughs) I said, the bad news is that no matter how hard you try, no matter how perfect you can try to get things, there's still going to be weeds. There's still going to be pests. There's still going to be things that pollute the air. There's still going to be storms. I mean, think about the over the centuries. People have tried that for a long time. It'll never happen. I said, but the good news is that while it won't happen here in this life, in our earthly lives, that God is going to make all things new. He's going to restore that perfection and that's that's something to look forward to and that's something that God offers us. And that's an opportunity to share that that's what our faith is all about that that our faith our hope is not in this life only. In fact it's it's not in this life at all. And it ties in with what Paul's talking about here. In verse 19 he says if in Christ we have hope in this life only we are of all people most to be pitied. And what do we do? What are, what are the responses? What are the options? If, if this life is all there is, if we have hope in this life only, what are the options for us? Really, it kind of comes down to, I think, two different options. First of all, one option is to just make the most of life, to live it up, To like Jesus says eat drink and be merry pursue all the possible dreams that we can pursue whatever is gonna make us most happy in this life and we seek to be as healthy as possible so that we can live as long as we possibly can and in the process we're gonna avoid danger as much as possible because it could possibly shorten danger could shorten our lifespan Life then becomes primarily about the here and now. It becomes about seeking happiness in the things of this world, and then whatever happiness you know now is, is all the happiness that you'll ever know and you'll ever experience. That's one option. To just make make the most of this life it's not a bad option. But if because if this life is all there is, I'm I'm gonna do my best. The second option is that we live in despair. You start to think, what, well, what's the point? What's the point of even living? If this life is all there is, and if I'm just going to die, then what's my purpose? You have no motivation in life, nothing to look forward to, no hope in the future. And here's the thing about that is if there's no point in this life, then all the things, all the measures that have been put in place over the last several months with COVID can just be thrown out the window. Because what does it matter? What does it matter then if people get sick and die? The election coming up. Who cares about the election if this life is all there is. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. And people without hope are going to find themselves in one of those two categories, either living life to the full just because when it got one shot, I'm gonna give it all I have, or to throw up their hands and say, what's the point in life Altogether. And for Christians, if Christ has not been raised, then we can just throw our faith out the window. Then our mindset becomes you know, if my Christian faith helps me have a better life, if it makes me happier here on this earth, then, then great. But if not, if it's an inconvenience, and let me tell you, in the days that we're living, it's not easy. It's not easy to be a Christian. So if this life is all there is, then wow, I'm done. I'm done being a Christian. But it's different for those that have hope in Jesus Christ because of the resurrection. And Paul leaves no question about it. Look at verse 20. He brings it back to focus. He says, but in fact, in fact, Christ is, has been risen from the dead i want you to back up with me in first corinthians 15 to verse starting at verse 3 listen to this powerful testimony i'd like to argue that the the testimony the first-hand testimony of those that met jesus christ met the risen lord jesus christ becomes one of the most powerful evidences that Jesus has indeed risen from the dead. Listen to what it says. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Paul concludes that with, I've seen him. Paul saw Jesus on the road to Damascus and it changed his life forever. Paul was on his way to persecute Christians, but Jesus met him on the road. He came to believe in Jesus, and it changed the whole course of his life. He then became a proclaimer of the message of Jesus Christ, that Jesus has died on the cross for our sins and risen from the dead. So what does that mean? What does that mean for each one of us. This is what I want to conclude with today. What does it mean for us that Jesus did in fact rise from the dead? How does it impact us? How does it affect our faith? How does it affect our daily life? I want to offer uh, three, three things here of how it impacts us. First, we have confidence for our faith. Who else can say that our God is alive. Charles Spurgeon once said, if Jesus rose, then this gospel is what it professes to be. If he rose not from the dead, then it is all deceit and delusion. The reality is, any other faith, any other religion, is deceit and delusion. Our faith, our Christian faith is based upon the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And here's the result of that. Ephesians 2, 4-5, through 5, it says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So he takes dead people, the people who are dead in their trespasses and sins and makes them alive, makes each one of us who believe in Christ, makes us alive through the power of his resurrection. We have confidence for our faith. The second thing is that our life is worth living. There's meaning and purpose to this life. That old Easter hymn, which we often sing probably every year, says it well. It says, because I know he holds the future, my life is worth the living just because he lives. Life is worth living because we know that this life is not all there is. God calls us then to fulfill the purpose that he has for us. We are his workmanship, it says, to cre- created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do, that God had planned ahead of time. Because Jesus has risen from the dead, no matter how hard this life becomes, no matter what trials or hardships we face, we have hope that this life is just temporary these trials and these hardships are just temporary. Josh McDowell says, No matter how devastating our struggles, our disappointments, or our troubles are, they're only temporary. No matter what happens to you, no matter the depth of tragedy or pain that you face, no matter how death stalks you and your loved ones, The resurrection promises you a future of immeasurable good. A future of immeasurable good. And we're going to experience that to some extent here on this earth. God's goodness and faithfulness is is always there with us. But ultimately, we're going to experience it when we are standing face to face before him in eternity. Third, and finally, and I'll close with this, is that we then have hope for the future. Regardless of, of what happens to us here on this earth, we know, once again, that it's all temporary, that we have something far better to look forward to. Something far better. Everything here is, is just temporary, it's fleeting, but yet that gives us hope Endurance. It gives us strength. It does not cause us to lose heart. It keeps us going. And in closing today, what I want us to do is I, I have some verses here up on the screen from 1 Corinthians 4. Three verses that we're going to read together. And as we read this, I want this to be the promise that sticks out in your mind of something that you are Saying to yourself from God's word. Starting at verse 16, let's read it together. It says So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, But to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. You know what verse comes right after that? Listen to this. It says For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal. In the heavens. Whatever happens, whatever happens with this election, or whatever happens after the election, whatever happens with COVID as the year goes on, whatever happens with your health, whatever tragedies you face, our earthly tent here is destroyed. We have a building from God that is waiting for us, eternal in the heavens, and it's all because of the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the fact that he is indeed risen from the dead, and he has conquered sin and death and is preparing a place for each one of us that call upon the name of Jesus as our Savior. May that give us strength as we continue on in these days ahead, as we continue through this year together. Let's pray. God, we so often need to be reminded of the power of your resurrection. Do not let us lose sight of that. May it the truth of the resurrection continue to strengthen us and give us eternal hope and give us purpose for these days that we're living in. God, we rest on that assurance that our life is worth living. The purpose that you have for us here on this earth is, is worth fulfilling because Jesus has risen from the dead. May that be our strength as we go here today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.